welcome to the weekend must watch on intercut the weekly show going through the movies tvs and entertainment that people just can't cut away from line at the box office for one of the days. A bear did cocaine. Also in movies, we had David Harbour as Casper, a festival favorite over on Hulu, and Aubrey Plaza getting more views on this clip than in her whole movie. Generations. Okay, I see it now. As always, I'm your host, Arturo Sorita, and joining me, looking to get intercut a kilo of views, it's Zachary Shevich. Yeah, I don't know if uh, those kilos are going to help us with YouTube censors, but uh, we would certainly like those kind of those numbers they're talking about in the, that movie. Lots and lots of Any, money. Anything in the dealing trade. with that. Now, already right off the bat, bro, I tried making the intro at least past a minute. So you just said the word right past it. But I think I said it in the intro. YouTube does not play. If there are dust particles when talking about this movie, they're going to flag you. And we're talking <laughs> pre the show. It doesn't help. What's in the title? The violence. Mm-hmm. But then it's the kids mm-hmm. that uh, uh, they they don't mess around with the most. So trying to keep that footage to as low of a minimum as we can uh, when it comes to the new movies of the week. But the slowest, damn, has to be the slowest week of movies. Gladly, or surprisingly. Yeah. I'm happy be- that we have another video in store for this week that covers South by previews. Because this is an empty week, Zach. Right. If it wasn't for the South by Southwest Festival or some Oscars discussions, there's like a not a whole lot to talk about because it's that thing we've been talking about where studios clear the way for a new Marvel movie, except that that new Marvel movie lost over 80 percent from its first weekend gross. Uh, So, yeah, it's a very empty slate of releases here at the end of February before we really dive head on into March. But uh, there's a couple things we still want to talk about on what will probably be like maybe the shortest weekend must watch we've ever done. (laughs) Absolutely uh, shortest, but (laughs) do a patron hang later. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just a a bridge over to that to really have the conversation going, but now he's right. There was one movie that went out the weekend and had Man's box office in the quantum realm, bro. Out of all mm. the movies it could have been, a little film called Cocaine Bear came out of nowhere, directed by Elizabeth Banks. I think may have even been written by her. Have you heard anything about the true story? Uh, I heard that there was cocaine and a bear ate it and then the bear died. Uh, there, actually, there's some so- more intrigue to it because the bear was then illegally taxidermied and now lives in a mall in Kentucky Whoa. somewhere. I feel like Whoa. I would rather have seen that movie than the one that we got. That would have been more interesting. It's kind of like yeah. in Ant-Man when they gave you the, the recap, except they, when they stopped at the most important, most intriguing part. Wow, that's interesting. I, I, I assumed it was just Paddington having a wild night out, but the whole movie is designed to just shock you in theaters. Like, this is a movie where the the least you know about it, I guess, the better. Um, depending on what audience you watch it to, you're either going to have one of two things going on. People who just think every single CGI like attack is outrageous, 
or the people who find uh, everyone using drugs a little too funny because they're critiquing the drug use and not necessarily the moment. Uh, a lot of people were very hyped up for this movie because they thought it was going to be something that, uh, you know, it's not a franchise. It's technically not a, a spinoff to anything else. Um, Yet. Personally, I I think it tried too hard for what it was going for. And you had a specific theory about this because we've been noticing stuff with companies doing like fan fiction on their IP. We've been seeing companies yeah. really go in and try to make a franchise. This is the opposite. They're franchising something else, these studios. And you wanted to talk about that. Well, I think we've seen a, a pretty interesting trend and Universal seems to be the studio that's taking the most advantage of this because they've had a few hits now. They've had a pretty solid uh, past few months in theaters between Violent Night, which is the Santa Claus beats people up in the style of John Wick movie. Uh, Megan, which is the little girl AI robot comes to haunt people movie. And now this one, Cocaine Bear, a bunch of films that can basically be reduced down to like meme movies, you know, movies that are, are sold off of an outlandish premise, basically built to be shared in ridiculous clips and jokes posted online. And yet all of these movies on relatively modest budgets of like 20 to 30 million are huge yep. box office successes are generating a lot of organic viral discussions. And it, it just seems interesting to me that this is now uh, outside of, you know, making a new top gun or avatar or Marvel movie. One of the most guaranteed paths to box office success in 2023. You know, it reminds me of uh, voice acting when they just said, yeah, forget everybody who's talented in this. We want actors and we need their voice. It needs to be Robert De Niro. It needs to be whoever it is. Um, they are nothing compared. You got to have a stacked cast and none of them mean anything to the CGI being. I don't think the CGI in the movie was that great. Um, I was hoping it's that the, the casting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was hoping that the, I mean, it's the, not, the actors it's not would bring something the... to it and they do. Eh. Casting or, sure. or, or the CGI. The CGI, just like you know, it. I, I don't. I would. It's not. It's not like terrible in that the bear does look like a bear, but it's bad in the sense that it never feels real, and particularly in a movie like this, which is so reliant on like feeling how viscerally gross and and uncomfortable those kills are when you don't buy into the reality of the movie because it nobody looks like they're looking at an actual creature. It just takes away a lot of the experience from it. You know, when a when a car crashes into a tree and a clearly CGI body flies through the windshield, it doesn't affect you in the same way. And again, I think that's because they're expecting people to maybe be on substances when you watch it, so you won't see that. Yeah. The CGI of, of the bear, I agree with you. And a lot of the action, I did like the prosthetics. I thought whenever they were trying to do the gashes and the slashes, all that stuff, it looked pretty cool. Yeah. The characters, though, you have some heavy hitters on here. I, I I appreciate what Ray Liotta's doing. Alden goes all into it. It kind of hurt Alden because Alden's actually acting dramatic. So when he's doing a yell that he also did in a dramatic movie from Sundance, it's making me like the dramatic <laughs> yell from Sundance less because now I'm not taking him seriously. I was like, oh, your yell when it's your partner taking the career from you and your yell when it's a CG <laughs> cocaine bear are the same thing, my man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's rough. I will yeah. say probably the one, the one who does the most with it. The kids the kids tried a lot. I, I don't understand personally all the jokes with the kids. Tried too much. Um, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. 
Isaiah Whitlock Jr. had one of the funniest scenes last year in Atlanta in the mall. I think you know exactly what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. He mm-hmm. was trying his best here. I think he had a lot of the, the moments where as the, uh, the the authority figure, as the cop, he's trying to also not just figure out what this bear is because he doesn't know about it. He's tracking down what is the cocaine, the, the drug bust. Um, and I thought whenever they were trying to play the dramatic and also like absurd humor, this man handled it the best. But it, it was a lot of yeah. hit or misses, I, I think. And Missed. Missed it, opportunity to not yeah. have him pl- say his iconic shit line yeah, in a movie like you know? this one. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, there's all these different characters and just none of them are interesting. There's the storyline where Carrie Russell is a mom going to try and find Brooklyn Prince. And it, it's like mm-hmm. th- there's just nothing going on there. She just follows further into the woods. There's this whole thing with Margot Margo Martindale's like a park ranger trying to hit on somebody. Her but like, you're just... You're never given enough to care about any of these characters. It's just very like, here's a template for a movie about a bear and a bunch of characters. And, you you know, you mentioned uh, we didn't mention that the script was written by this guy, Jimmy Warden. He apparently came across the idea while scrolling Twitter and just sort of wrote it to get attention, never thinking it would get made. I think it's pretty obvious that he never thought this one would get made. Cause like there's just sort of nothing in the movie. The it's it's there's no real jokes. There's no inventive uh, scares. There, you know, Elizabeth Banks brings absolutely nothing to it. There's no distinctive style, no memorable locations, no interesting choices with the uh, the performances. It's just like a nothing burger of a movie that's completely getting by on its good title and logline. And kind of crazy that that's all you need to make $23 million opening weekend. You like Megan, though. I like Megan. You think Megan did saying... more than this. So, like, I don't, I'm not you against the idea empty. of a meme movie. And I, in fact, like, sometimes I think the, to, si- to simplify a premise does open it up in a way that makes it more accessible to people. But, like, you then have to have something behind it, right? Like you have to have a sense of humor or have like a, some ideas for scary moments. There's just nothing here. Like what, what is a choice they made that benefited this movie? Can you name one? Cause I can't. People went crazy when he did the line. (laughs) It's in the trailer. You don't like any of these other, what they did is they directed a trailer. They directed a trailer, and then there's 80 more it's minutes marketing. around. Yeah, 100%. You don't like any of the other movies that she's made? You don't think she's ever had it? Did you have any hope going into it? You know, I like Elizabeth Banks a lot, um, but yeah, I don't think she's suited to this directing thing. For me, uh, you mentioned the writer, and I saw the other things that they had done uh, from the Babysitter movies. I think this is exactly up those alley. Those I've seen on streaming. I think Cocaine Bear isn't the worst. It's not great. It isn't the worst. I think if you watch it with a group of people as a rent it, I think it's definitely fun. Because that's how I saw the Babysitter movies. If you went out to theaters on the weekend, I think you're past the time to see it in theaters. You needed to have Mm -hmm. seen this with a crowd just to get them vibing with you, just to get them going crazy. If you're seeing this in an empty crowd, I might as well have just seen it at home, in my opinion. So my rating for it... yeah. I, Stay at home. Wait for it to come out. I went to on streaming a movie theater. I went to a movie theater last night. There was me and maybe ten other people there, and it had four walkouts. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I've ever seen that many walkouts with e- that few people in attendance. Uh, well, 
again, it, it pitched itself as a movie that you will forget, as a movie yeah. that does not and, need any more in-depth things. And sure. And, and to piggyback what off of what you to piggyback off of what you're saying though, I don't think it's like literally the worst thing around. Somebody commented on my letterbox review surprised that I didn't give it a lower score, but it's because like I just feel like there's an absence of good more than I feel like it's actively bad. It's mostly just bland and okay and boring, right? Yeah, what you're upset about is the fact that this was able to beat out a Marvel movie for one day at the box office because the intrigue for it, which, like you said, was nothing, got people to go there. So when are we going to get... I mean, I even the to talk about another bear. Last year we or last week we talked about the uh, Winnie the Pooh one. The Winnie the Pooh yeah. one is absolutely nothing. So no one would be mad at you for being upset about that movie creating something out of right. nothing. I guess we like the actors here, and it's so absurd, and they got... TikTokers to make stuff that you're right. We are letting it pass. We are letting it pass yeah. a little bit, but uh, Zach hated it. I thought it was okay. Cocaine bear. Watch it at home with some, <laughs> some people. And I think you'll have a decent time. Yeah. Operation fortune is another one that's going to be in theaters. We did have the yeah. ability to watch Bruce this at home. Gear. And I, I thought I told Zach, this was coming out on Netflix in January. He's like, bro, no, it's not. Then he tells me it's coming out in <laughs> February. I'm like, bro, how is it coming out in February? It's out this Friday. We got to see a little bit yeah. early of it, and it is the new Guy Ritchie movie. What do you think about it? You know, uh, Guy Ritchie is a filmmaker that I've enjoyed quite a bit in the past, particularly with films like Snatch or Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I think he's got this re- real ability to do these kind of sprawling action crime thrillers with interesting characters Mm -hmm. and a good sense of humor. I feel like Matthew Vaughn came along and kind of like took his vibe and tried to turn it into like this big studio product. And and, like ever since then, Guy Ritchie has also been making what feels like Matthew Vaughn movies, even though he's the dude who kind of was there first. Um, He he hasn't quite hit. He hasn't quite hit that old magic. I know a lot of people really like The Man from Uncle. I'm I'm not as big on that one uh, or no. Rock and Rolla. I do think that this one has moments where you can feel that old guy Richie kind of patter. Uh, Aubrey Plaza particularly uh, is somebody who's really well suited to doing that kind of like uh, wry. Uh, ironic kind of line delivery opposite Jason Statham. Mm. I think they do have some fun moments. My thing here with Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre, uh, aside from the title being like (laughs) incomprehensible mishmash that I can't remember five seconds after I read it, is that I don't think he does a very good job of setting this one up. I think for the entire first hour of the movie, I was like, these are some cool scenes. There's some interesting sort of like action. I don't really know who it's servicing, why it's happening. Like there's a whole, there, there's a MacGuffin around the movie that it, uh, is being stolen and sold off to this big weapons dealer. And they don't even reveal what the MacGuffin is until more than halfway through, which <laughs> fine. That's kind of a classic sort of like mystery thing, but if you don't if you don't know what everybody's chasing and you don't know whether or not it's important and you don't even really know like what who everybody is and why they're working together it's just a little bit hard to get invested once you get past that and you kind of are in the mission and kind of 
part of the team experiencing the banter, I thought it gets to a kind of fun place by the end. I, I enjoyed a lot of moments and I think uh, Hugh Grant comes in and gives a really fun performance as this sort of like horny arms dealer, like Austin Powers meets War- Lord of War or something like that. Um, he was, he was having but, fun. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is kind of like a, an unfinished movie in some senses. It doesn't really feel polished. It feels a little first, second Thank drafty. You. And uh, I, I, it's a shame because I do think they could have elevated this one because there's pieces that work. You are right. Not only am I going to double up what you said about them not telling you about what the MacGuffin is, Jason Statham will do a fight scene and they won't tell you what the fight scene is till later. Like, he's still <laughs> right. cool. He's a badass. But, like, he just looks at someone and you cut to the next scene. They're like, what happened? And then they show you there that he punched. And I'm like, why don't you show it to me when you landed it? And then they still show you part of that fight 15 minutes later. I'm like, what yeah. are your, why are y'all nesting, nestalling your movie? It's unnecessarily choppy. Why? And then, look, my second one would be, shout out Aubrey Plaza. There is one scene that I did not understand what was happening. They, like, cut to her, and she's, it's a sex line. And I did not understand the edit, and it's stuck in my brain, so I guess it's effective. I, don't, I thought it was a mistake. It's so it awkward. It feels like it. It cuts to the next scene right after they say it, and I'm just going to end this by saying I agree with you 100%. I thought they sent us a work in progress. There is something in the movie that is missing. It feels like they forgot the movie magic that you sprinkle over. It feels like they're walking on a set. I swear I can hear the cameraman walking with them down mm-hmm. whatever street that they're in. There's something missing in the punches. And it just doesn't feel complete. You are 100% right in that. And I don't know what it is. It's like when you're in college and you turn in your movie, you're like, I forgot something. You dropped the black yeah. bars. I don't know what that last piece is. But maybe they finish it by March 3rd. To me, stay at home for this one. Aubrey's cool. Yeah. Jason's always cool. But uh, it's a rented for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain type of person who really vibes with this type of movie. And if you are, then like, do it, rent it, maybe go out to the theater and see it Uh, for for the rest of us who only tends to check out this kind of these kind of films when they're well received or supposed to be pretty good. You can probably wait until this one hits streaming. Do you see he's doing a lot of Disney? I don't like that. I'm tired of that, dude. He'll make like yeah. Wrath of Man, super crazy after Aladdin. And then he'll make He's this just... one, whatever it is. And then Hercules? Yeah, I, I've never found his style to be well suited for that kind of movie, but. No, I, get I guess your we money. All, all they do the Peter Pan one too with yeah. what's his name? So, uh, well, that's two stay homes from us so far for Cocaine Bear, for Operation yeah. Fortune. You know, we're leaning rents on them, so it's not the worst stay homes, but. We're going to keep it going because Linoleum's also at home. I think it may be playing in some theaters, but I caught this at South by Southwest uh, last year. I thought it was a very interesting movie. It's been um, fascinating to see the different takes on the ending now. I pitched it to you. I was like, hey, I think this is an interesting ending that makes you re-look at the whole movie. Um, Mm. Now that it's out on virtual, I think it's worth catching at home. Um, If it's got a decent, like, $4.99 rental price, sure. If not... Hopefully it gets on streaming. I thought it was a really good performance from Jeff Gaffigan um, from a little sci-fi that really plays in on the Bill Nye aspect of it. uh, And this guy who's kind of like really in his head wanting to be an astronaut or something bigger uh, and how that applies to his family. Uh, I hope you get to catch it. I I think it's really good. I would recommend it at home. Um, And I'm curious to see how people take that ending. On top of that, I said it's South By. We will have our South By list coming up literally in a couple days, if not tomorrow, going through all of the upcoming movies for next year. So you can have a movie like Linoleum or even better ones like Everything Mm -hmm. Everywhere All at Once already on your radar for it. But uh, this one's out at home after playing last year. 
Uh, I give it the thumbs up on it. I like the ending. So once you see it, Zach, I'm curious your take on it. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the next one is another one to stay at home. We Have a Ghost <laughs> is out yeah. on Netflix. And it is... <laughs> you did make me laugh on this one. Away. We Have a Ghost is a movie about David Harbour playing a ghost who lives in this house. It's been the thing that like ghosts on HBO and ghosts on uh, Paramount. They are all obsessed with this idea. But the scariest part of this movie is not the ghost, Zach. You got to catch this one. Let them know. <laughs> it's for Yikes. some reason... This one's over two hours long. It has no Yikes. reason to be. Never make your comedy over two hours long. Like, come on. Um, who are you? Ruben Ostland? Um, we got different times on here, too. They don't like how many working edits were there. Is it 127? <laughs> Is it too sick? Oh, my gosh. I also really thought it was hilarious. Uh, the very opening of the movie, you see the outside of this house and then there's a time lapse and the house gets completely dilapidated. It's falling apart. It must have been so, so long for a house to fall apart that way. And then the title comes up and it says one year later. It's like, I don't know how many hurricanes blew through this town, but. <laughs> Crazy. Um but- we have a ghost, you know, I because of that runtime and because the trailer gives you a glimpse of David Harbour in what seems like the like very cheaply done CGI where they just kind of turned the opacity down to 50 and, and left him <laughs> there. Don't like that. Um, I had a feeling that this one wouldn't be good. And when I started watching it, I found myself surprisingly charmed by a lot of it. There, there's just like a, a sweetness to it. It kind of feels like what if E.T. was about a ghost and also a viral sensation? Uh, it, it's like pretty pretty charming in parts and not necessarily like, uh, you know, I, I think it has a tendency to feel like it could be cloying, but I think it, it feels kind of... Uh, I don't know, true to the spirit of what it's doing. There's charming performances in it. There's some funny lines. And then I look at the writer-director, and it makes a lot more sense because Christopher Landon is actually pretty good at taking these premises that seem like they shouldn't be that good and making them kind of workable and fun. Yo, it's Happy Death Day, dude? Yeah. Okay, he needs to he needs to be working on three, not having a ghost <laughs> in a house, bro. What? Oh, okay, yeah, he's decent. He's decent. I like him. Exactly. Okay. And like, right. look, this isn't the best movie. There's definitely like only ninety minutes of material in this two hour plus movie, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate my time with it. Fair. Uh, look, I just I look at Anthony Mackie. As I've seen him, how he got the Falcon roll. I'm looking at this. Looks like my man's just securing the family bag so that he can secure the family roll, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I wish him the best, man. Poor guy. He's worse than me with the South by list, working on the South by list. He's working for Marvel. He don't even, he's working for Captain America 4. He doesn't even know if he's Captain America. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how it ends up for him. He has a ghost. Hopefully he gets the Marvel check. But uh, good for him. Streaming over on Netflix. Uh, that director needs to work on Happy Death Day 4 because that's, that's his bread and butter right <laughs> now, in my opinion. Uh, but our final one for the week, if you don't care for the Netflix family drama, maybe you care for the Hulu family drama that takes it up yeah. uh, to another level. Zach caught this one at TIFF and said, yo, you have to catch this movie. It's really good. We tried reaching out for it because at Sundance a year prior, it was one of our favorite shorts. And the short, which is out online, I will try to link it, is still one of the right best now. shorts and is Fantastic. Pause this video. Go catch it. Then go watch Bruiser. 
Yeah. I don't know if I like it more than the short, which really speaks a lot to the short, Zach. I think the short, mm-hmm. it, it changes it in order to make it a feature. And obviously, it has to yeah. elongate it. There's a lot of uh, uh, patient shots in the movie. Beautiful shots, don't get me wrong. Um, but there's something about the short, especially in those encounters of violence that are so visceral. I prefer it a little bit more to the movie. But yeah. the, what he's able think, to do with the movie and extending it, I, I think was still very interesting. Yeah, I think the short, uh, the short's very good in a way because there's so much implied by it, right? Like, because you don't have as much runway to tell what your story is about specifically, it speaks more to, like, a generation of people and an idea. And and it's an idea that I don't feel like we've seen articulated as much. When you expand upon that idea, it starts to feel a little bit more like something that's maybe familiar. And granted, I don't think that makes the movie uninteresting, particularly because there are really fantastic performances in this one. Uh, I wanted All to around. shout out uh, our boy... Uh, J- what is it? Jalen Webb? Is it? Uh, yeah, dude. Was just previously enough, in, decent. He was previously in Armageddon Time. I told you he had a Jalen Hall. That is, uh, I told you he had another one around the corner. He's very, very good in this one. Uh, but the real star of the show Tell is Trevante too, Rhodes, uh, who I think Trevante hasn't been better. Uh, or hasn't been this good at least since Moonlight. Just a really uh, fantastic, beautiful, textured performance of a man who's carrying the weight of his past on his shoulders, trying to both be better than he was, but also uh, not immune to the, the things that triggered him before. I think it's a really interesting look at, you know, the, the ways in which... Men can often feel trapped by their masculinity and basically the consequences on that generally, generationally speaking, right? Um, Not to mention, as as you pointed out, it is a beautiful looking film. Miles Warren, you know, I thought the short looked gorgeous as well, but he really gets more to work with here. I think the color scheme is so beautiful and like so textured and there's just a few shots that, that still, still resonate with me. I still think about them. Yep. Uh, I mean, I thought about what he did with the short is crazy. Like you, you give him more, uh, praise in that one. Cause you wonder like, yo, how did you put the short together? I thought he adapted the feature very, uh, very well. And I agree with you looking back at, uh, Travante, he needs good scripts, dude. Cause it's not like he doesn't put the effort in. I, mm-hmm. I watched the, the one he did for Hulu for Tyson, right? Um, the writing just wasn't there. And right. if you're able to give him something that takes the time, like you said with Moonlight, a, a script that's patient, this is a very patient script. You allow him to develop it as a character. And I agree 100% with what you said. The dichotomy between him and the father and and those moments of violence and what you're observing, what you're leaving behind. <sighs> Bruiser's really good. I, I, I like both yeah. of them. I think you get different aspects from both the short and the feature. And I would highly recommend them. Bruiser would definitely you like... be for a, for a show called uh, Must Watch. That is our one must watch for the week. Absolutely. The, yeah, it's the must watch for sure. Did you like the way in which the short, uh, sorry, the feature used elements from the short, but kind of exp- like it, it didn't make them, it didn't make the end the same as the end. I thought it was able to sort of like recontextualize moments from the short really interestingly. Yeah. Or take yeah. them in a different way because there is uh, yes. several scenes that they share, like the, the weight training scene. You know, I'll just leave it yes. at that. In the short, ends completely different completely than in the differently. movie. 
But it's like a, a Schrodinger's thing where it's like, nah, but that was completely a viable option for it to have also gone that way. And that's why I'm saying there's almost like a really beautiful story happening and watching alternatives of what yeah. could happen in the story. I, I like it. I like it. Miles, you are on the radar for the Intercut podcast. And for Absolutely. this week, you are the only one I give the leaving the theater for because my TV, you know, I love my TV, but damn Hulu kept glitching on me sometimes. And I needed to see every crystal clear version of this uh, movie. And if I was watching it in the theater, I would have gotten that. Uh, I think he shot it on film. If I'm not mistaken, if he didn't, Looks like it. Yo! Uh, yeah. I 100% would have recommended this at bare minimum as a matinee at a music box at an IFC center to really get uh, how well he shot this story. Uh, Bruiser, the one that I say, leave your house for this week. Yeah, so shout out to the cinematographer as well, Justin Derry, since we're shouting out so much of that look of the film. And one more shout out to Did the cast. Short? I thought Shamir... Uh, he did the short as well. And then one more shout out to the cast. I thought Shamir Anderson, who played uh, the father in the film, had a lot of scenes opposite Trevante as well. Nah, excellent, bro. excellent we, actor. We were actually you disrespectful know, for not mentioning him earlier. He uh, he almost yeah. sometimes overdid Trevante. We just yeah. know Trevante like that. But the, his He had this rage behind those glasses. His glasses were beautiful, Oof. those gold frames. But there was some looks he was given behind those frames. And because it's a boxed-in ratio, you getting close on his face. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Let me let me, let me me pull up the uh, cinematographer right here. Yo, okay. Minor Premise was another beautifully shot one as well. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I remember gotcha. you that one Okay. Out. Yeah. Kind of so crazy yeah, Bruiser, story, definitely but I mean, the, uh, very beautiful one. The best movie I've seen in the past week or so. Pick for the week, so... Big yeah. shout out to the movies of this week, specifically Bruiser, but a big shout out to all of the Inner Cutie patrons. Yes, uh, those patrons who are hopefully going to join us soon, but let's shout them out. The Inner Cutie Plus level are Ewan, Ronette, Julieta, Tim, Elizabeth, Josh, Ashley, Brady, Sean, Marion, Michael, Mr. Kobayashi, Nick the Monty, LaShawn, Devesh, Nick, and Diana, our Academy-level members, are Tushar, Cademan, Connor, Pete, Ricky, May, May, Joe, Tone, and Janicia. And, of course, a big thanks to the producer-level patrons. They are Awkward, Udenvir, and Sam. Thanks again for all of the support and a reminder that you, too, can become a member at patreon.com slash intercutpod, for as, where for as little as $1 a month, you can sign up for patron benefits like early access to intercut episode outlines, early access to some intercut episodes, access to private channels on the intercut discord where you can chat with us throughout the week, and an invitation to our monthly patron google meetings the next one we're doing right after the stream right here so head over to patreon.com uh hit up hit us up for one dollar a month and you could chat with us about what you've uh seen what you're liking what you think is going to win best picture at the oscars what you're excited to see out of south by southwest any of that stuff uh hit us up and yeah we'll, we'll talk to some of y'all patrons in just a little bit Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to be on the way to Creed, so I just want to hear everyone's boxing op opinions. I have a specific <laughs> one between Cinderella Man uh, and one of the Rocky movies to see what's... We need to do a boxing one now that I think about it. We need to do a Ooh, boxing, boxing bracket. boxing bracket? Like, I, I thought of a Rocky one, and it ended up being nine, and I was like, ah, I don't know if it's nine, and I'm not even going to include Rocky Five, but a boxing right. bracket. Bringing in a bunch of the different ones would be kind of dope. Uh, getting back to it, though. Speaking of boxing, Zach... Time for the picks of the week. I already Let's know the first one you got. 
Yeah, I mean, Creed 3, right? You're going to go Come see on. it tonight. I'm going to go see it tonight. I picked up Come on, the, the Creed poster hey, hey, at hey, the AMC hey, last hey, night. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey. Oh, no, wrong so one. So I'll have wrong that one, one hanging there up is. in the background. Damn. Yeah, look at that. It's nice looking, right? I dig and that. And they said Ant-Man uh, Michael. <laughs> yeah, a little bit better than uh, the, the Quantumanium one we got. Ew! <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Michael B. Jordan directing this one, always fascinating to see the actor step into the role, particularly when uh, you have the history of the Rocky franchise being something that was directed by Stallone. Like, there's some legacy there to it being directed by the actor. Um, so I know I'm hyped for it. You, I think this is one of the movies coming out this year you're most hyped for. This disgustedly excited for this movie bro you watching it on uh an imax you watching it in dolby uh i think i got the dolby tonight all right cool cool cool. i'm gonna be watching them both that's when i knew i was excited when i was just like i can catch the dolby here the imax here i don't know if i want to get beat up in 40x but there is an option there (laughs) that's when i knew i was like all right you're already prepping to see it multiple times i'm excited as can be the Creed movies, the Rocky movies, uh, we were checking for what's going to be, um, uh, we were prepping our list for everything coming out in March, and they're going to be on Prime, they're going to be on HBO, so plenty to catch up on, and I, I love, this is a franchise I love rewatching. I know people do that for like mm-hmm. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, I have no problem just knocking these out every single time a new one comes out. Um, so yeah, Creed 3 is also at the top of my list. Shoot, bro. I'm going to recommend Creed 1 as well because I love Creed 1 nice. for this week. And then if he's going to put Creed 3, just the fact that he's going to develop as a director and saying he's bringing all those anime influences. I'm excited. <laughs> What's next? Man, Ed? we need Ryan Coogler back. Kevin Feige has to stop holding him hostage. <sighs> he's producing a lot, but I, I feel you. I want to see another. Uh, yeah. yeah. I want to see him direct some other stuff. Yeah. All right. I got some other picks. Um, What's up? I'll, I'll throw another quick shout out to Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Uh, look, it's Guy Ritchie. You just like the name, bro. Not... <laughs> it, it, it grows on me the more I say it out loud, to be honest. Ruse de Guerre. <laughs> it, if, it's probably my favorite Guy Ritchie movie in at least five years. I don't know if that says much really? at all, but yeah. I mean, what, what's the man done, really? Aladdin? Are we, are we I mean, comparing it to I, Aladdin? I don't know. To me, it... To me, it's a Guy Ritchie movie that came out in the last five years, but I want to call it his best. Yeah, you're right, dude. I, I guess. You know yeah. what? Uh, Rock and Roller comes out on Prime this weekend. Again, going through my list. Hey. I like Rock and Roller, so I'll shout out that one instead. <laughs> All right. Fourth, what'd you call it? Operation Fortune? The, the, yes. Bruce DeGuerre. Yeah. Um, uh, I agree with you I'll on the throw- next one instead. Yeah, I'll throw out another recommendation for Bruiser, our only must-watch of the week. Uh, just a really searing drama, well-told, well-shot, well-acted. Watch it on Hulu. And if you don't have Hulu, watch the short because it hits just as hard, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, then uh, I'll do a quick shout-out to Poker Face because tomorrow is the ninth episode of the show the one that features both joseph gordon levitt and stephanie shu couple faces that i know people like i think it's one of the best episodes of poker face uh this season just a really exciting dramatic tense episode like certainly deserving of that kind of like penultimate episode of the season tag that tends to uh mean it's like the most dramatic thing that we're going to experience all season 
Uh, so yeah, if, if you still... have been behind, just a reminder that uh, episode nine is out tomorrow and it's a really good one of Poker Face. Art, you're still enjoying Poker Face, right? And you worked your way through the oh, whole I show. Oh, I wrapped it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with season two. Curious to see how people take Maybe the finale. Maybe we got to do after credits next week. We're going to have to. Uh, time of the Money, uh, of the Monkey, sorry, is I think still my favorite. The one at the retirement home. I think that one's just, I think her performance in this, I think the supporting actors, I think the way it ends up actually even playing out throughout the season is, uh, is probably one of the standouts in my opinion. But this next one, I still you love got Exit a Stage very Death. Very nice bottle at the. Which one? Exit Stage Death, the one with Ellen Barkin and Tim Meadows at the theater. Okay, I think Community that may theater. be one of Alina's top ones. Yeah, it's so good. All right, sounds good. I, I, either right, way, my... Poker Face. I was going to add it next week, but I'm glad you put it in here because just in case no one's seen it, they have to. Totally. And then uh, just a last pick of the week, since it is such a light week in films. I don't know if you've seen the Embiggen YouTube channel or or Instagram. But he makes these, like, they're like Rube Goldberg machines that play music. I think he does this entirely through CGI before you freak out. But it's so beautiful. And I just, like, find myself watching them on loop. I saw this because you put it on on last night, and I opened it. But you had had misspelled uh, Enbiggen. So it was Embegging, yeah. and it was like these motivational quotes, and I was like, damn, I guess the trip didn't go that well. <laughs> but then I saw uh, Embegging, we stayed there on the Instagram, watching about like five scrolls worth. It has to yeah. be CGI. I refuse to believe it's anything other. It's too precise. It's too well done. Uh, yeah, I think he I think he is a CGI artist, but like, it's convincing too, right? And It's just good, and it's, the it's way that- entertaining. Uh, yeah, it's so good that using the music from the movies and all these like uh, props that are reminiscent of them. Just if you're a movie fan, this is awesome. This is just yeah. it, it, like you said, you could just spend lots of time scrolling through his page. Well, so yesterday yeah. in Biggin, uh, Alina was playing them and I had to guess what they were. So that's also <laughs> a really fun game to play. Yeah, so I recommend that. one. So maybe try that uh, one. Good out. picks. Sounds great. Uh, my three right here would be on Hulu. Triangle of Sadness is coming out. So you have a huge Oscar contender that you will be able to watch from the comfort of your own home. And I'm looking to rewatch it as well because uh, I have some other theories and just the way that it plays out and what he's saying. And it, it wasn't yeah. my favorite Ruben Osland, but definitely liked it better than The Square. It's just never going to be up there with Force Majeure in my opinion. But hey, I'm rooting for some of the performances in there. Uh, we'll see how well it does. Didn't the man got a directing now. Shout out to him. Uh, the Year in Between is another one that played at Chicago. It played at Tribeca. Yeah, I don't think I you've had the chance to catch it. this yet. Hell Not yeah, yet. dude. This comes from Alex Heller, who we've loved her shorts. Her shorts have been really good. Alina's always scoped them out. Now she's made a full feature. And it's a little bit about her life and how she kind of took a year in between college because she gets diagnosed with... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, depression or bipolar. And because of Mm. that, she's got to go through therapy. She's got to go through medications. But the humor is insane because she just doesn't care. And it's her humor. It's how she coped. And you got a cast of Steve Buscemi, J. Smith Cameron, who many may know um, from Succession. Even her her siblings are hilarious in the movie. Uh, I liked the style that it was going for, the the tone. I would recommend it's uncomfortable in all the best ways, the year in between. And then like Zach said, my pick for the week to get out of the house is Creed. Creed, Creed, yeah. Creed, Creed, Creed. Watch it in 40X. Watch it in IMAX. Watch it in Dolby. Watch it with me right now as we head on over on the Patreon stream as I go over to watch my screening for it. But some really good movies for the week, even though we had a slow one here. Like we said, we have our South by list that's about to come out. We have a Sundance list where those movies are trickling down as they come out. 
throughout March as we have some other movies from South by that come out as South by begins. So uh, a slow week for this one, but we still have so many uh, other stuff in store. But that's it for this week, Zach. Where can they find more from you? Uh, you can catch more from me at my uh, Twitter, at my Instagram, at my letterbox. All those are at Zshevich. That's S-H-E-V-I-C-H. And then check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show, uh, where I just posted about the Tar Ghosts. So if you haven't seen the Bro. ghosts from Tar yet, there's check them out. There's before and there's after. You realize the, the ghosts <laughs> from Tar. Good video. Uh, a reminder, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcaster. Uh, you can catch the live video on here, YouTube.com, every week. We're recovering the weekend must-watch, as well as previews, after credits, and some brackets we have in the works. Big shout-out to all the intercuties who listen live on that live stream. We see you. Shout-out to all the patrons who are going to join right now, and all the iTunes listeners leaving us a five-star review. We got, like... 20-something movies hopefully lined up because of the Intercuity listeners over on Apple Podcasts. So a big shout-out to everyone who leaves a like and a follow over there. Don't forget to leave us a comment, drop a like, follow the socials for Intercut Pod, which are all linked down below. And until next time, keep watching movies. We're going to send you a bear. Rawr.